Aether Games will be distributing their multi-game franchise on Ultra, so we brought Jens Peters, their CEO, on to talk about how you build a multiverse, where real value for gamers lies, and how to set pricing on NFTs in a reasonable way. Let's get to it. Be really curious to hear how you go about fitting multiple games uh, into a universe and how that uh, affects your wider business strategy. Yeah, it's mostly the fact that we can build assets for multiple games. Think a little bit like uh, what Riot Games is doing. They create skins for League of Legends and then those skins actually become characters in TFT as well, making TFT very cost efficient. That is the exact same business model that we have, but we take it a step further where we actually also do the CGI at the same time. So we create our models, as I always mention to people, between 6 and 8 million poly. Um, and then we scale down to whatever we need them to fit into the game. So 8 million poly, way too high for any sort of game. Uh, in Cash V13, Gates V13, they're around 30 to 70,000 triangles. Um, but the fact that we do CGI as well is where we can push this story. It's the, the emotional connection that we want people to have with the creatures they truly own. NFTs are all about true ownership. Um, so we allow people to use those assets in both Cars of Eternity and Gates of Eternity. Then you have cosmetics that are cross-game as well. You just have assets that add to your progression that are cross-game also. Um, and next to that, you have an augmented reality app where you can see the creatures standing on your bed or in your living room, uh, which again adds that value to it. And then the fact that you can see the creatures that you own as well in the series that we're pushing, um, it just adds to the bigger picture. The idea, I guess, for the story itself, I'm a big fan of World of Warcraft, as are you, as I just heard. Um, yeah, sure. so yeah, the, the story that Warcraft has, that that is really good. The, the thing that Warhammer has, the thing that Runeterra is now pushing as well. It, it, it all works. It, it really adds a lot of value. And I recently we saw things like uh, Cyberpunk doing absolutely insane on Netflix, pushing the numbers for uh, their game as well. Tekken did the same, Dota did the same, Arcane did absolutely insane. It just makes sense. Whether you're a game making a series or a series making a game, it just it works hand in hand. It's basically the same audience. I think also for the people that are making those games, like you, you become really invested in the property that you're involved in. You, you know, a lot of these uh, developers, they spend four or five years uh, building a AAA level game. And to set that aside, those characters that, you know, at that point, they're like emotionally invested in. They like really love those characters and then move on to the next project, I think is much more difficult than it would be to build another project within that same realm and like continue that story as part of like their larger life story. Yeah. I completely agree there as well. That's like my very first character in World of Warcraft. It's it's perma banned. I would love to get it back, but it literally has like a note: "Do not unban this account." What did you do? <laughs> oh, that's <clears throat> um, it's perma banned for a reason. But I sold the account when I was very young um, for like a very cheap price, like very, very, very cheap. Everyone in the, at the time was like selling their accounts, uh, so I did the same. And then the guy that bought my account faked, basically said that he was me and then he was boosting other people. So selling an account is not allowed, boosting people is not allowed, but boosting was like very standard. Like there's still like a lot of boosting websites, boosting right. makes a lot of money. That's how I made my money when I was like 15 years old as well. So he told people he would boost them. He would basically collect the money on PayPal and then just scam them. So that's how that account got permanent. Um, but, well, living in Europe, if I request my information um, from Blizzard, they have to log into that account so I can still see that character on the armory. 
but I can't like I can only look, can't touch. Um, and that, that really sucks because it's it's that emotional value, right? Sure, it can be the same character, like a blood elf. Exactly, I can create another one exactly the same with those items because they're actually like um, net account wide. But I can't play it. I would love to play it. <clears throat> and also the rank one title. It's it's worth a little bit of money, but I, I would, you can't get it anymore. It just adds value to it exclusivity so let's talk about the exclusive exclusivity and the value that's inherent in those kinds of uh, digital assets like what we're actually talking about here are digital collectibles um, before we you know started talking I wanted to ask you the question about what your favorite examples of digital collectibles actually are you ready yeah for me it would <laughs> as I just mentioned it would be the accounts to be honest like the the highest value collectible is something that you spend time working on. So let's let's put it in the NFT or in the blockchain space. If you spent like a year working on a certain creature, leveling it up, having like the perfect succession path, talent tree, mastery tree, depends what you call it, but with us it's called succession path, and you completely perfected that creature and it's maxed out completely, uh, certain cosmetics on it perhaps also, if you sell it, you should get like, that's a big thing for you. That's where the, the royalties should step in for yourself, where you're still earning from it. So it's still like kind of with you. Because um, I see marketplaces now, they're, they're removing the royalty thing, which I don't think makes too much sense if people actually put in value like that. But to answer your question, the, the digital collectibles that I would be most fan of is literally just anything you spend a lot of time on my league of legends account has like 300 skins i know it's a lot but uh if someone would say oh i'll give you the money plus all the uh, like the money for all those skins plus the account i still wouldn't take it because i value that account a lot more than the money that i would get for it i think this brings up an, a really interesting point that this is something which i think most gamers identify with right like i've been playing games for like 30 years and you've been playing games for quite a long time and I think that if you tell them that, you know, this account that you've been working on for a long time and all the stuff that's associated with it, that's a like a packageable deal that like is meaningful, it's worth something and you can sell it, then that's something that everybody understands. But as soon as you say NFT, then most gamers are like, you know, no, no, thank you. Get away from me. Where, where, where's the dissonance there? I think that would change over time, to be honest. The NFT space right now, it's... Nothing against it. It's actually a lot of growth that we have right now is from the NFT space because that market is quite active compared to the blockchain space right now and the GameFi space. Um, but I think it's a little bit too focused on like profile pictures itself. And I get it. If you truly own that profile picture and you're the only one in the world legit using that profile picture, it's nice, but it's still different than truly owning a certain asset. I feel like NFTs and games works perfectly together just because of the uh, transparency of it all. Um, and in fact, in blockchain gaming, there is a lot more um, money that stays with the developers, which developers then should be giving back to the players as well, giving them more incentive and uh, keep going back. Um, and I think that maybe digital collectibles is something which is much more approachable from a con conceptual perspective. Yeah, I would say the fact that you can take all of your assets to another place adds a lot of value to it the fact that you can buy something and then technically sell it later on as well legitimately without breaking any sort of terms of service because you're not supposed to sell an account but people do it anyway but if it's all legit then you can get a certain asset and you can sell it later or you can just hold it 
or you can even play with the market as people like to do in the auction house you know as as like they they buy everything right before a rate um when people know they need those herbs to like craft certain things that value goes up you can actually do that with like certain nfts in games as well if you know a certain card or a certain creature or a certain weapon is going to be very strong in the next patch you just buy the entire market if you can um, and you can set it at a higher price, allowing you to play the, the economy like it's like that itself. And I think that's like playing the economy. There are people that play World of Warcraft, RuneScape, any other MMORPG literally just for that. So that would make sense, right? Because now you're uh, working for real cash, or Ethereum or Bitcoin, rather than um, in-game gold that you then have to sell later on to some other guy. Um, and there are people for the RuneScape, for example, that made literally millions, like selling gold. It's absolutely insane. And now you can do it legitimately as well. I think that that just makes a lot of sense to make gaming and earning a lot more legit next to, to having any sort of sponsor deal or uh, playing in a certain team like that. So let's, let's quickly talk about market prices, because I think that there's um, the market price, which is defined in the way that you just said, where... Uh, somebody knows that it's going to be relevant for you know an upcoming patch. They buy everything on the market, and then after the patch, they sell it according to the need of the market, right? Um, I think that the unfortunate truth is that a lot of NFT-based games today are not based on uh, market price. They're pay based on the need of the developer for funds. They're effectively using uh, their uh, uh, community as uh, crowdsourced uh, funding, right? And I'm curious about your 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 ideas about that, and I'm curious about your ideas about how to set reasonable price points for collectibles. All right. So the reason people race through community, there is actually pros and cons to that. If you only go with VCs, but you pick the wrong ones, then the chart isn't going to look great because they got in at a very cheap price. If you um, work with just community and you do raises through that yeah i think a lot of the nfts are definitely overpriced but it should be uh, royalties that can give them some of the money back which makes like it should even out that being said i think the current prices are most definitely too high um if you, like I, I like to play Yu-Gi-Oh as well i don't know if you do but if you play Yu-Gi-Oh, you can make a very 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 strong deck for like 50 euro um but you can make it more expensive if you go for like the the certain like secret rare uh type of cards like just more valuable cards but they're the same ones i think in nfts it could be something like that but it's literally a collectible a more rare card because the supply is lower but it shouldn't you don't have to have that specific card there should be another alternative where um you can go with a cheaper version just to play in game However, now we're taking um, a little bit of a different approach where the NFT that you have are weighted towards the rewards that you get as well. So if you have a stacked deck with a lot of rare um, cards in there, or creatures in there, you, the rewards that you get are actually slightly more, um, depending if you also have the heirloom, that's a lot to get into, but the rewards you get are actually more. And if the rewards are enough, then the prices can be high because you can earn it back, but then it has to be sustainable as well. So that's the that's the difficult part here as well. We don't want people to be spending like crazy amounts of dollars um, and then getting like literally pennies on the dollar back. Uh, they need to be able to gain uh, a decent amount from it as well. But it all comes back to how well you perform in something. 
it doesn't matter whether it's um, an NFT game or just something like World of Warcraft, you can technically make money playing any sort of game. You can sell gold, you can sell boosts, you can sell guys, uh, you can coach people. Like There is a lot of things you can do. But the price point, I think currently it's it's a little bit too high. The market is definitely taking it down. Um, but that's just because there is less money in there. If there is a bull market again, I think the NFT price are going to go skyrocket again. There's definitely some of the NFT games that uh, I've played over the last, you know, like 18 months where the value that you get as a gamer is not comparable to the amount that you have to, you know, quote unquote, uh, invest in the game itself to be able to play it. And it's a risk as well. That's the biggest issue. If you buy, and there is this, this is this game where you literally buy a horse and then you're just watching the bar fill up. If you have to buy something for like one ETH and then you get like 0 0.01 every single day, but the market might go down, that's a risk, right? It, it's a, there is more cons than pros, um, so it's not worth it. And then you need to find out these crazy schemes on how to make it worth, how can I earn enough money, then how much runway do you need for like a certain amount of time to actually become profitable? I mean, if you're going to put that much effort into it, why don't you start coaching into like for an actual game and you can start earning um, in a different way? I think the that, that's why the GameFi space from last year uh, did so bad as well. Because everyone was building a game like that. That wasn't really a game. Or assets but from from the Unity store, like Epic Games store, like any any sort of assets purchased and sold as NFT, they didn't have licensing for it either. It's it it was a shit show. <laughs> it, it it wasn't looking good to be honest. Um but I think the gaming it space itself Yeah, the the gaming space itself it, it will pick up for sure. If we see the games now compared to before um it almost i almost we had to we had to go through that basically actually infinity i mean it it caters towards some type of people but then again you had things like adventure quest for example uh almost 20 years ago and that's kind of similar so i feel like being that far ahead in time i feel like we could have built something better just adding blockchain on an old game it's it's not really doing that much like any sort of runescape habo hotel uh, we've seen all those things already. People want to see something more, you know, something unique, to say the least. I, I've been in contact with quite a few development studios uh, across uh, many different networks that are building some truly astounding level uh, games, both from you know the graphics perspective, but also from the basic concept. Like what they want to achieve is not what people have been trying to achieve over the last 18 months. And I think that the reason for that is that they want to build games and not fancy DeFi products. Yeah, that's also a point that I wanted to mention. The fact that you, you need to do a community race because if you do a private race and you do it too high, then the chart isn't going to look great and people are going to get very annoyed if the chart keeps dumping. So you need to do a small uh, private race and but then you still need more money. And if you don't have a high equity value or you can't sell that, or you can't do a series B, series C, all that stuff, you need to raise it through the community because people don't really, like in the crypto space, it's a whole lot different. We see a lot of games raising like 20 million where it's technically a low budget game. It's like an indie game, right? You need a few hundred K and you can make it absolutely insane. But then they raise 20 million and it's like a very mediocre product. But on the other hand, if you want to create like an actual AAA game, you're going to need like 80 
to 100 million plus at least. Things like Star Citizen are raising like 100 million per year and it's still not done. So it makes sense that people are doing these community raises, but are they doing it for actual development or are they doing it to fund some something else? To, to fund more marketing campaigns to basically grow the, grow the community to do the exact same thing again. If it all goes to development, good, but then you should be able to see it as well. You should know like when something is good, you know? And it's more than just graphics, of course. Graphics are one thing, but like the game design is another thing. So my, the last question that I want to ask you for today is when do you think the next wave of really good blockchain-based games is going to really start coming out? Huh, that's, that's a good question. I would like to know that myself, but I would say like probably in 2023. Um, a lot of things have been in development for the past year. Um, and unless you're building something like an MMORPG, it doesn't take that long to create to, to at least have like an alpha or beta version out. Um, and if just one game becomes like the new Axie Infinity, then suddenly the entire market just shifts and it's bullish. The gaming market by itself is growing every single year. Um, and they're tapping into blockchain right now as well. We saw Sega step into uh, blockchain recently also. Epic Games is being more comfortable with it. So everyone is slowly stepping into it. And the moment you have that one unicorn that suddenly made it all work, like a sustainable business model where the developers have money for like, well, more content, more development, a growing story. Um, and on the other side, the players are happy with what they can get, what they can earn, whether it's cosmetics, NFTs, actual like cryptocurrency that they can sell for cash. If some esports comes out of that as well, like then you're hitting it from every angle. And um, that's kind of what we're waiting for. That's what we want to do as well. But like there is a reason we're doing a preseason uh, for Cards of Eternity. It's basically to test the entire um, economic model that we created as well. Well, you guys heard it here first. 2023 is going to be a big year. Jens, I wanted to thank you for your time and for your expertise. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.